Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Getting Hammered. I'm your host, Mary Catherine Ham. I'm here with my co-host, Vic Mattis of The Free Beacon, and we are your morning show for any hour. We got a ton of news today. Look, the whole Middle East situation is getting a, it's a little hairy over there, so we're going to get into that. We're skipping 2024 today because I can't do it all the time, all right? But we do have updates from the Middle East. We have some news about a certain certain senator makes the you love to hear it list once again. An update on civil liberties from Canada, where they might be taking a turn in the right direction. And is Taylor Swift a Pentagon slash CIA asset? We Getting hammered investigates. But before we get to that, how's it going, Vic? Hello, Mary Catherine. Doing great. I went up to Jersey to see my father for his big birthday. All right. I went out to a great Italian restaurant. You know, you forget when you look at the menus and the prices in a small town, Tom's oh, yeah. River. And I'm like, appetizer, 10 bucks. It must be pretty small. You know, and here it is. Here are your stuffed clam, uh, stuffed mushrooms. And it's like enormous. So the antipasta salad. So it's it really, it's enough. For, it says for two. It's really for four. So, I mean, that's kind of nice when you get out of this area. And when I was up there, went through the treasure trove of vinyl mm-hmm. at my dad's house. Ooh, nice. Saw a lot of terrible vinyl that I had as a kid that they bought for us, like children's records. Yes. Horrendous. So left them behind. But probably I found pretty, a few Probably jokes. pretty trippy, too, because it was the there 70s. Was, yeah. Like, it oh, was yeah. a weird oh, time. Oh, there was, uh, you know, I think it's Bob McGrath was one. He was from the uh, Sesame Street. And there was a great one, and it was the Sesame Street welcomes Pete Seeger. Yeah. I'm here for it. Yeah, hippie communists. Uh, but I brought back my own record collection for my room, which consists of LPs and 45s of U2. Love it. Which is a really obscure stuff, too. Yeah. Semi-bootlegish. And then I took a couple from my dad. It's funny. My dad has a, a lot of Ray Conniff, which if, if you've yes, ever seen- we discussed. Yes, if you've ever seen A Mighty Wind, the Chris Guest movies, it's like the Main Street Singers. <laughs> okay. Enoch Light, which I'm not familiar with at all. Jerry Vale, which is a terrific Italian singer, so I did take one- Jerry Vale album, and he had a lot of Herb Alpert and the Tijuana Brass. Sure. Yeah. Why not? I thought so, that was a sex act, but <laughs> you should see the covers. The cover for one is called Whip. It's whipped cream, and it's a woman wearing a wedding dress, but it's no dress. She's oh just my covered dear! In whipped cream and like you know, tasting her dress. Varsity it, Blues before Varsity Blues. It was very good. That's two very dated Rafe that's references, a, by the way. I know Varsity. It's a great scene and a little bit of a letdown, but a great scene. If it was in the 80s, whipped cream everywhere. I'll tell you what I did bring back, which was, and it was in pristine, it was still like in the plastic, Glenn Gould's second recording from 1981 of Box Goldberg Variations. And it's amazing. And Gould was kind of this, he was on the spectrum, shall we say. Right, okay. So he was a musical genius and he learned, you know, a piano. he was a prodigy and at perfect pitch and the whole thing. Wow. But in order to, and what he's playing is insane. And it's also, by the way, if anyone's wondering, the first song on the Goldberg Variations is what Hannibal Lecter listens to after he kills the prison guards. And he's just relaxing in his prison covered in blood. It's the Goldberg Variations. Uh, But the weirdest thing about Gould was he had to hum. And you hear it in the recordings. You hear him go. "Uh, uh, That's funny. uh." And it's a spectrum thing. Yeah. Well, Spectrum. one of the things that's nice about we've talked about the the old school audio is that you get things like that. Oh, there's a man. I don't know if I mentioned it last time, but there's a moment in When a Man Loves a Woman uh-huh. where the horn is just a bit flat, uh-huh. and it's like just a just yeah. like not even You're... a half a step, right? right? But it is an imperfection that I always notice in that song, 
more musical experts than I will probably call me out and be like, no, it's not flat. But there's there's a yeah. moment where it's just like just a tiny, tiny bit, bit off. off. And it, it is charming. It is it is a different kind All of this recording. can now be digitally fixed. Yeah, it's you so, know, but so clean. Yeah. It's antiseptic. No, and, and that's it. And, and and as you were mentioning before, with when you when you listen on your phones, you skip around and these things are conceptual. These albums are con- you know, I mean there's 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 a concept to it and it's great. Very nice. How are you? I'm good. I was in Palm Springs for the weekend, which you know is real oh, oh, oh. tough. So not Palm Beach. You outpalmed me yeah. by going all the way out to but where nice the dry desert heat. Yes. Frank Sinatra to live country. In a, to live in yeah. a mid century wonderland for the for the weekend and it was Count you know, me in. What was this? Seventy what degrees was going all day. On? What was going on in Palm Beach? I just Springs? had an event out there and nice. I was staying at a, a nice uh, place and looking at the mountains and and enjoying the the poolside view. Does it get cold this time of year? Yes, in the evening and oh. and night. So I did have I had sweatshirts and sweaters. It was good. I even draped a sweater one time because yeah. oh. I felt like that was a Palm Springs move. That would be it. Yes, I did that. Yeah. So I was out there on the way back. I ran into a snafu I've never run into before. Well, first of all, a couple snafus that I frequently want to run into, which is one I left the hotel a little bit late, mm. which okay normal for me. I was like, oh, that snuck up on me. I go outside. I can't get a lift. I can't. It's not connecting. It's not finding. So I was like, oh, gosh, I thought we were going to be fine here. We were not fine. But I was at an event where like a lot of people were leaving at the same time. So once you realize you can't find a ride, you can become very bold about, hey, y'all going to the airport? Can I just hitch a ride? Look, they were at the same thing I was at. It's like, ah, and you're a, and you're a guest. You're a yeah. VIP. Somebody would be. This is like a bonus to their conference is having you not only on so, a panel but in there. Yes. Yeah. So I just like profligate, start just shouting out like, "Who wants to give me a ride to the airport?" Because I'm not gonna make it otherwise. Yeah. And I jumped in with some lovely folks, had a nice conversation on the way to the airport. Get to the airport. <laughs> get to the airport. Despite my goof up. Uh-huh. One hour before my flight leaves, which is a good. That's fair. That's pretty good. I mean, I would say even maybe sixty-two minutes May I before ask my flight. What, what leaves. airport? Is this the Ronald Reagan Airport? In, no, the John Wayne Airport. No, this is Palm Springs. Camp. I don't know oh. what it's called, but it's just the Palm Springs Airport. Oh, okay. I don't think it's Our it's way. not John Wayne, but it's small, right? Yeah. So you that's think nice. no big deal? I'm here more than an hour before my flight. Yeah. The security line at the Palm Springs Airport, which is lovely, by the way, it's indoor outdoor because Mm -hmm. it never rains there. So you can have there's no precipitation. So it's like Aruba is similar where you have like just an outdoor atrium that you can hang out in. The security line was every bit of 45 to 50 minutes long. Oh, no. It was wild. That that gives me an ulcer. Yeah. And everyone in the line is sweating bullets, you know, like what is going on? But I'm looking at my time and I'm thinking, look, Good thing I mooched off those people to get to the airport because I would have been up a creek and I get to the TSA agent and I go show my ID and I'm like, I'm good. It's like 15 minutes before my flight starts. Boards. No, it's it's already boarding. Oh, no. Mary Catherine. We're, this, I'm telling, I was there no. an hour before, before the oh, flight. No. I'm in line for 45 minutes. Mm. So it's already boarding, but I'm like, I can get there before the door closes because it's a small airport. If I just get through here, I can run to the gate. I'll be fine. So I'm, but I'm sweating a little bit. I get up to the TSA a agent and she informs me my birth date is wrong in the reservation. What? I didn't book my flight. Someone else did of not course. throw them under the bus. But <laughs> but my birth date was incorrect. Oh, no. You can't fix that at the TSA. You got to go back to the ticketing. You so I run back to the ticketing, me. which, again, small airport. I get back there quickly. She tells me you can come back straight back into line when you come back in so you don't have to wait. So that was a plus. I go. She changes my birth date now. 
I was booked 10 years younger than I am. So I'll take it as a compliment. So I said, I said, I have to change my birthday to 1980. And the woman said, how was that possible, ma'am? I'm just kidding. She didn't say that. But I know she thought that. You? Okay. (laughs) I was actually dressed similarly like a teenage hooligan. So maybe she did think that. So then I get it changed. I run back. And of course, like three people have jumped in front of me, even though I got to get back in line. Yes. And I get into the, the line. It's it's still long. It's long once you get through the TSA agent. Yeah, because you you got to get to the metal detectors. Yes. And stuff. Yes. And there's a there's a looping like Disneyland there. line before the no, metal no. detectors. No, no, no. What is happening here? And then. What is happening in Palm Springs? And then you got a guy in front of me at the metal detector area. Mm-hmm. How long have we been in this line, sir? How long have we been in this line? And he has not untied his boots. Nothing. Nothing until now. Right. He hasn't thought through what he needs to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm watching the man untie his Doc Martens in front of me Mm -hmm. to take them off his feet. Get your And I am about to throw my obviously already removed cowboy boot at his head because this is insane. Yeah. Plan ahead, guys. When you're in the line, we all know what's coming. We all know what's coming. Yeah. He didn't do it. At any rate, I'm behind him. We make it through. That the line, nuts. and I had a yelling TSA agent. He was a he was a jovial yelling TSA agent, but he was like, you know, you know, constantly ordering, yeah. sort of the 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 ether around. And I get to the end of the line, and I'm about to load up and run to my gate, and he says, "Please put your empty bins away." No, <laughs> come on now. So I did. Normally, I would I I usually grab extra bins. And put them away. That's the kind of flyer that I am. But in this situation, I thought, look, this is a, there's plenty could of people you, employed you... here who aren't doing much, frankly, now, who could put these away. During this ordeal, could you hear your husband from across the country yelling at you? You know what? I thought. Because he would not permit. This would not happen, would it? You know what I thought? When the birth date thing happened, I thought, well, I can blame it on this when I tell Steve what happened. <laughs> it won't be on you, me. Yes. Yes, otherwise you will you'll because hear the is, end of it. This is a connecting flight situation and it's oh, not man. early in the day, so I'm kind of oh. gonna be really screwed. So anyway, I get I throw these bins onto the discard pile and then run to my gate, which is of course up some stairs and across the outdoor yeah. atrium. And I get there and lo and behold, there's just a giant line and everyone's waiting in that one there too. So I was in no danger for of missing anything. Nothing. And we were on the tarmac for like twenty minutes. I then pushed. So, I then pushed my luck later that night again. I'll tell you about my <laughs> priorities. We're delayed getting off the ground there. Uh-huh. We get to Chicago. I'm oh. switching flights in Chicago, but I'm so hungry, Vic. I'm so hungry. No. And I want to go to McDonald's and get some fries. And I think I can make it. But I order fries at McDonald's. And of course, there's like six people in front of me. But like, I'm only getting Always fries. Right. Surely they'll no, just dump no, them in no, a bag no, and no, give no. them to me. And I think to myself, oh no, I'm gonna waste eight dollars because. That's how much fries and a Coke cost now. I'm going to waste $8 because I'm going to have to leave yeah. before my flight. Yeah, plane's boarding. Meanwhile, the woman in front of me is sort of, sort of berating the McDonald's workers. We're going to miss our flight. We're going to miss our flight. And I was like, girl, this is the risk you take. If yeah. you stop at McDonald's on They're a connecting flight. They're not going to rush it for you. That you have to gauge yeah. that it might not work you out for you. That's what I did. I'm not going to yell at these folks no. about it. But I did get my fries. And then I got on the flight, and then we sat on that tarmac for 25 minutes, and I was so happy I had fries. <laughs> and just the smell wafting through the cabin. They were the greatest fries. I bet. 
many people are saying. You have to eat them. So was my adventure, the, and I made it home. You have home. to eat them in the first five minutes of its shelf, of its life. It's a very short shelf life for McDonald's. Oh, for sure. But that, those five minutes are amazing if you can get them. Yeah, I made it. As, made did it the, as did the woman in front of me. She made it too. <laughs> she got her order right before I did. I was like, "Girl, this is the way it works. No, I, this I, is a calculated risk I like, situation." I like to get so early at the airport where I'm sitting at a gate where there's nobody at the gate just to sit around and roam around for a while. I can't I, because I've done the opposite and it's too stressful. It's a lot. I can't do it's it. It's a lot. I, I feel like I've I've grown a bit. I don't do that to myself as often anymore. No, just but, recently. Yeah. Yeah. I tell look, even even with the snafu, I got there sixty two minutes before my flight. That's not terrible, especially at a small airport. No. It should do no, you, you fine. You would assume that. I don't know. Yes. Everyone's getting out of Palm Springs. All right. Okay. I was born in nineteen ninety, guys. <laughs> Mine would have been Hey, the TSA believed that on the way out there. That's all I'm saying. Mine would have been the reverse. Are you sure you're not 10 years older? That's what they would say to me. <laughs> okay, let's talk about the news, shall no, we? Let's do it. It's good that we started out with something light. Mm. Well, actually, I'm going to do a short update first oh. uh, because I don't want to get too much into this story, but I yeah. would like to tell you guys. Remember the guy who worked at the IRS who stole all the tax returns and gave them to ProPublica for publication? Yeah. Thousands of, of things stolen mm -hmm. but and leaked. Uh, Elon Musk in particular, Donald Trump in particular. Mm -hmm. Enemies of the state. He did it. He only picked the enemies super, of the state. Super rich yeah. guys he didn't like. Yeah. This, of course, has implications for the rest of us who, if we end up on the wrong side of an IRS, IRS agent, might have our private info they'll break, leaked they'll, they'll to ProPublica. The, the law for you. Right, because, right. Yeah. Um, we'll break the rules for democracy is That's the right. important thing. At any rate, the guy, his name is Little John, who, who did this. He was sent. He was charged only with like, I think like one count, even though there were thousands of counts mm -hmm. of this. So it was like very light charging, and I worried he's going to get off scot free, and yeah. nobody's ever going to be punished for this, and then people will do it forever and ever. Amen. But the judge had different idea. This is this is NBC reporting on this. We're following breaking news. The former IRS contractor who leaked former President Trump's tax records has just been sentenced to five years in prison. 38-year-old Charles Littlejohn pleaded guilty in October. That's him on the right alongside his lawyer. Littlejohn also leaked the tax returns of Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk. NBC News Justice and Intelligence Correspondent Ken Delanian joins us now. So, Ken, the judge had some strong words for Littlejohn during the sentencing. Take us inside what happened in the courtroom today. Yeah, that's right, Sinclair. Judge Anna Reyes called Little John's crime the biggest heist in IRS history and said he deserved the maximum sentence she could impose, in part because he targeted a sitting president and thousands of others. The judge compared Little John to January 6th rioters, saying that he took the law into his own hands because he was convinced of his own righteousness. Hell yes. But, Hell yes, but what, if, but what if he is right? I love this. Yeah. He got five years in prison. Which, to me, sends a signal to a lot of IRS folks and a lot of activists who mm -hmm. might uh, attempt to become IRS employees in order to do things like this, yeah. that that would not be wise. Right. And it shouldn't be something that people consider a form of activism, because I know we all hate the IRS for a reason, but like they actually, they actually have a sacred duty to yep. keep your stuff private. And if they just start leaking willy-nilly based on political grudges, mm -hmm. it's very bad for all of us. Very bad. And so I think I think this is good news, even though he probably should have gotten more and should have been charged with more. But this is substantial. Right. Uh, and the J6 comparison is. Wow. Uh, you know, I love it specifically because mm -hmm. it's going to get under this guy's mm -hmm. skin so much yeah. because he thinks he's in no way equivalent 
to the to people those... who break the law for the bad reasons. Yeah, I broke the law for, for the, the good, good reasons. reasons. Exactly. The irony of it all. Uh, so, so uh, yeah, I think that's good news. You would think that he would have gotten something uh, even bigger, just as they say, to set an example. Yeah. But you know, I, still he's not like the J6ers in that five years is quite a light sentence compared to what oh many of, yeah. of them got. Okay. Then we have things are things are getting wild and scary and sad yeah. in the Middle East conflict. After October 7th, of course, backed by Iranian funds, Hamas, many other groups backed by Iranian funds have been attacking American assets, Mm -hmm. international shipping. We told you guys about how we sadly lost two Navy SEALs in an operation to board a vessel that was controlled by Houthis just last week, a week and a half ago. Mm -hmm. And now three Americans have died in a drone strike. These were reserve officers or reserve soldiers in Jordan. Let me read through their names real quick. On Monday, the Pentagon identified them. Sergeant William Jerome Rivers, 46, of Carrollton, Georgia. Specialist Kennedy Ladon Sanders, 24, of Waycross, Georgia. And Specialist Brianna Alexandria Moffat, 23, of Savannah, Georgia. Very sad. A drone hit this outpost in northeast, northeast Jordan. Tower 22. And there's some reporting now from the New York Times that one of the reasons it was not defended against and shot out of the air was because it was returning, it was coming to the base at the same time an American drone was returning to the base. And so that messed up sort of the air defense Mm -hmm. protocols for that. This obviously is going to lead to probably some kind of retaliation. Uh, President Joe Biden said Sunday that the U.S. shall respond after three American troops were killed and dozens more were injured. It's up to 40, by the way, injured in an overnight drone strike in northeast Jordan near the Syrian border. Biden blamed Iran-backed militias for the first U.S. fatalities after months of strikes by such groups against American forces across the Middle East since the start of the Israel-Hamas war. Well, I'm glad that President Biden had assured us that they that he sent a message to Iran. Did you see that? Don't. Clip? Was that the yes. was that the message? It, no. Yeah, and 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 I believe the message was sent prior to the tragedy that that happened. There was a very brief moment years ago now when only we had the drone technology. And obviously that has now changed and, and, and we've lost that edge. Obviously there was a miscommunication when this happened, but it's also not a surprise that this was bound to happen, right? right? I mean, we've the number engaged, of strikes we've, in, we've endured in the last least, two months, three months. At least months. 159 attacks. We do not respond to each and every single attack. Right. It's, I, I, I keep on saying it's tit for tat, but it, in fact, it's less than that because it's every several attacks then we respond but it's such a measured response because well, we don't thing. want to escalate not to make light of it because iran's escalating not to make light of it because it's going to sound silly the way i yeah. say it but it, it can't be tit for tat it has to be tit like you have to yeah and then you get the tat right yeah like you you have to it must our tit must be so big i it's yeah yeah but it's it's real yeah like in order to in order to stop this the yeah. counterattack must be large, right? But we have not reproached anything being large, no, and I understand it, that that's scary to people for good reason. And if you were uh, America's adversaries, why wouldn't you engage in this sort of taunting? Because you know that uh, this administration is too scared to respond in kind. Yeah. Or, for example, we say what we will, uh, as critical as we have been uh, about the Trump years, they went after Qasem Soleimani. Yes. And everybody was saying, that's it. This is going to be a war now. I can't believe you killed this guy. The Iranians recognize it for what it was, which is strength is strength, right? Yeah. That's what they recognize. It actually led to a period of yeah. quiet. 
They were on the from verge. Them. Of, they were also on the verge of bankruptcy. Right. So compare that to where they are now. Are not, you saying that handing good. billions over in pallets, and not yes, blaming them? Okay, first again, of all, even it was meant for other aid. The the billions was you know it's uh-huh. it's uh, it's money for other uses. Although that does fungibly allows to yeah, them yeah. to free up that those other funds. So a couple, I I do appreciate yeah. that at least the enemy is named here. Yeah. Right. I felt like post October seventh, there was no connection. Oh, they didn't want to. The say The Biden Iran administration at all. didn't want to connect it to no. Iran at all. Yeah. At least in this case, and in the Houthis case, mm-hmm. at this point, yeah, they have now said, yeah, that's that's Iranian backed. We know that. Yeah. We are acknowledging that we're we're actually reversing our declassification of the Houthis as as terrorists. We're, let's make them terrorists again. Pseudo terrorists. Sort of. Sort of. Kinda. So acknowledging that is a step in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, what does the response look like? Mm-hmm. I understand people being very wary about that. But as you say, with the Soleimani example, everyone, they many people of the left will tell you that that strength, that display of strength will lead to more violence. Mm-hmm. But what we see in the Biden administration is that a lack of display of strength mm-hmm. has led to more violence. And by the way, U.S. US armed forces deaths. Right. First in Afghanistan, where we displayed giant weakness. Mm-hmm. Now here. Yeah. Now, I mean, Iraq is supposed to be an ally of ours, but they have these Iran-backed militias operating in Iraq, right. firing into Jordan. I'm just wondering and, if, like, maybe giving you know, up a small footprint that wasn't incurring a lot of casualties in Afghanistan and Iraq probably was not the greatest idea right. ever. Yeah. And I will. by the time that the show comes out, maybe we've responded. But, I think, you know, because the way that our show works is that we are a trigger for all major yes, uh, yes, major news yes, events. Yes, yes, we will have yes, done something by the time yes. this comes out. Our, our our special forces have actually landed in Tehran right now. No, this is the one thing that I fake can... Fake news, fake news. I can, I, the one thing that I'm going to venture here is to say that whatever the retaliation is, it will not happen on Iranian soil. Right. That's partly because of what Antony Blinken notes here, the Secretary of State, uh, with a with a sobering sentence. Can we have the clip from him? I would argue that we have not seen a situation as as dangerous as the one we're facing now across the region since at least 1973. Good, good. But th- this is the thing is like... Which, by the way, was like the closest I think we've come to DEFCON 1, supposedly, good, was good. in 73. Anyway. I, I think people sometimes mistake measured for smart yeah. and strategic. And measured isn't always... Smart and I would like I would like smart and a little bit bellicose yeah. combined, right? As opposed to always measured in deference to Iran, which is what right. again this goes back to the stupid JCPOA, uh-huh. the Iranian yeah. nuclear deal of the, the Obama obsession. administration, the and the obsession with preserving right. it, even though engage preserving Iran it means preserving tough. It was engage Iran and be tough on Israel. That was the Obama approach. I don't think it's a good idea. And and by the way, the JCPOA protected Iraq's or Iran's ability to eventually yeah. get a nuclear weapon we're we're getting closer and closer to that right operational horizon but the sort of like the obsession with the idea of this mm-hmm. thing with the mm-hmm. legacy of this thing doesn't allow them to be clear-eyed about no Iran not clear-eyed at all and the other thing is yeah I mean the Iranians aren't dummies and they know that this is happening within the context of an election year and they know that Biden's going to be extremely careful and if somewhat timid in his response because yes. he doesn't want to be in the middle of a war as an election is happening. And so they're taking it, they're they're going to exploit that. 
Well, and of course, there's a there's a significant part of the right in this country and of the Republican Party oh, that's sure. pretty shy it's about anti- about mm-hmm. intervening in these kind of things or getting too too strong in response. And while I understand that the American people have very little patience for boots on the ground, mm-hmm. they're quite friendly to the idea of, as I, I think I called it during the Trump administration, these like flourishes yeah. of violence, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like calculated, but strong yeah. and don't require nation building right. by any stretch of the imagination. No. People do have bandwidth for that. Right. And I think it does keep things safer yeah, right. when you're willing to do that. Yeah. By the way, Kirby was asked in the in the press briefing, mm-hmm. John Kirby, who has a good better head on his shoulders than many in the administration, like that hey, maybe maybe the message to Iran which was just don't. Right. was not good enough. Yeah. And like bless his heart, he's doing the best job he can, but Kirby's he's doing like, a better job than he did when he was in the Obama administration. Yeah. But Kirby's like, "Hey, we've been doing things. Yeah. We've been retaliating." Which I don't think is like a terribly convincing answer. Before that we leave this subject, I must yeah. pick on Karine Jean-Pierre uh-huh. because she deserves it. Here's the clip. What I will say, our deepest, uh, obviously our deepest condolences uh, go out and our he- heartfelt condolences go out to the families uh, who lost uh, three, three brave uh, three brave, uh, three brave of uh, three folks who are, who are military folks who are brave, who are always fighting, who are fighting on behalf and of uh, this administration of the American people. Obviously, more so, more importantly, uh, we lost those souls. First of all, eloquent. They do not fight on behalf of the administration. I think we all do. I think that's our duty. That's our life. role that's now. Our role now. You don't fight on behalf of the administration. She did add the American people. When you sign up, you don't, you know sign over to the administration it's a contract with the country and its people and we we in the face of such a tragic loss let's get that straight let's get it straight let's speak well of these young men and women and i'm begging the administration to have like some briefings with a military family other than the bidens because clearly they don't know these things. Mm-hmm. KJP doesn't know how to talk about this. Yeah. And she should know how to talk about this. And one last point on this. After the Af- Afghanistan disaster mm-hmm. and we lost 13 Marines, they were not mentioned in the State of the Union yep. address. They should have been. There should have been people in the gallery who were of their family or units uh, that could be honored. I was unmentioned because it was politically inconvenient yeah. to President Biden. Don't want to remind people. March 7th is the State of the Union. And I would just say... Put it in the speech, guys. Put these soldiers in the speech. They should be honored, even if it's politically inconvenient to the message of the Biden administration. We'll see. It's going to depend. It's going to depend on what's happening in the world. If things are going well, maybe. Yeah. But if not, probably. It annoys me. Okay. Uh, an update from uh, the Israel conflict, which is obviously related, as we're all all this stuff is happening in the Middle East. UNRWA, which is the United Nations Relief Relief Works, Works. Agency. Agency. I think. Thank you. You're Vic. welcome. I that think. was well done. We're I just going to. about it myself. By the way, we just call it UNRWA. I, yeah. I love that it's called UNRWA because uh-huh. I feel like UNRWA is the sound that an organization that is completely corrupt and incompetent yes. should and, make. And now unraveling, perhaps. Uh, UNRWA. <laughs> so UNRWA. UNRWA stood accused of having workers who, although their job is ostensibly to aid people in Gaza and not help 
Hamas, they stood accused of having several people who were in cahoots with Hamas and perhaps even engaged in helping with the October 7th incidents. Now, Israel presented this this information, evidence, and actual UNRWA severed ties with a bunch of these people immediately and said, oh, yes, we must have an investigation. Let me tell you, if UNRWA is severing ties... That junk is true. Yeah. That junk is That's right. true. And now several countries have said, we're going to pause funding to UNRWA until they figure out how not to hire terrorists. Right. And, you know, in the Biden administration recently, and Joe Biden recently praised UNRWA, of course, before this. We have well, Trump always... had cut Trump had yeah. cut funding and Biden reinstated it because the Biden administration governs in opposition to Trump's Whatever they do. If these are terrorists, then they must not be yes. terrorists. And we've always maintained, and, and, and a lot of folks among Republicans and conservatives have always maintained uh, that UNRWA was extremely uh, on shaky ground and suspicious. And we talk about the, the textbooks and that we shouldn't be funding this agency until they change the textbooks that teach little kids you know, in how Gaza. How to be martyrs. Yeah, how yeah. to be martyrs and that, and that Jews are bad. Yeah. And so now this has finally come out. We pay for this stuff, y'all. We We, pay for it. We do. This is your taxpayers' dollars at work. And this happened just after the International Criminal Court, right? They would, South Africa had filed these charges to demand that the United Nations and the International Criminal Court demand that Israel has a ceasefire against Hamas. Right. And they didn't come up to the point of ceasefire, but the court did rule that they, that Israel must do everything in its powers not to commit genocide and do the things basically that it's doing right now. Can you just hit strictly terrorists? Mm-hmm. Because that's easy to delineate in yes. this environment yeah. since they have special uniforms. Just, just like Hamas did on October yeah. 7th, only going after yeah. Fe- yeah. you and know it, yeah. combatants, of and, course. And, and it wasn't just Hamas, as Free Beacon has done reporting on this. So the UNRWA thing comes out, and props to the Wall Street Journal also for exposing the story, as well as the Israeli government, who obviously presented this to the U.S. and, and, and other allies. The, the number that I hear is 10% of UNRWA have some affo- affiliation with Hamas or Palestinian Islamic Jihad. That comes to about 1,200 people. One out of 10 ain't bad, And the Vic. ones, and think about the, so as you were mentioning, Mary Catherine, think mm-hmm. about the ones that UNRWA had to let go and sever ties with. Those are people who actually were either doing the killings themselves, they were providing ammunition, for example, and they were aiding and abetting in other ways and helping in kidnapping. So bad. Other than that, it's so fun. Bad. AOC, by the way, has something to say about oh. the fact that we're cutting off support. There's actually there's also a Time column by Armani Sayed that says unrefunding cut is collective punishment because anything you do, yeah, in Gaza to yeah. prevent yeah. infiltration and right. abuse by terrorists is collective punishment of the Gazan people. And it's certainly not Hamas's fault. No, 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 no. no. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez says cutting off support to UNRWA, the primary source of humanitarian aid to 2 million plus Gazans, is unacceptable. Among an organization of 13,000 UN aid workers, risking the starvation of millions over grave allegations of 12 is indefensible. The U.S. should restore aid immediately. Remember, she called for the defunding of U.S. police departments for uh, far, far, far fewer terrorists. (laughs) Yeah. Less terroristic action than, than these allegations. I also want to note that, by the way, our, our bar is low for The Hague and Israel. So it's yes. good that they didn't like convict them of ge- genocide, which is obviously not happening. I want to offer an example of the non-genocidal efforts of mm-hmm. the Israeli Defense Force. 
Of course, many are uh, taking offense to this, but Israeli commandos disguised as medical workers and Muslim women burst into a hospital in the occupied West Bank on Tuesday and killed three Palestinian militants, one of them lying paralyzed in bed, witnesses and authorities said. Okay. What Hamas does when it confronts a hospital full of men, women, and children is that they kill indiscriminately. People are As policy. People are jumping ugly about them coming into a hospital disguised. But this is, and not meant to be a pun, a surgical attack where yeah. you're taking out three yeah, militants specific. inside yeah. a hospital where we know that they use hospitals yeah. as cover. So Israeli Defense Force and commandos and all the intelligence officers are doing dangerous work to prevent yeah. killing other people because they could just level the hospital sure. if they wanted to but they don't yeah I don't that's know. just different rules as you know yeah. all right let's cheer it up a little bit in okay. here you love to hear it is back again with its most frequent participant senator john fetterman because he has something to say about zen did you hear that Schumer's going after Zen? Zen, yes. Are you familiar with Zen? I'm familiar with nicotine pouches. I didn't know that was the name. And once I realized that was the name, I was like, oh, I'm familiar with this, not because I've ever used it myself. I prefer a cigar. Not that I smoke for any of my medical and insurance friends listening to this podcast, ever. By the way, when they ask you, do you smoke? Do they mean like ever? Ever you in your life? Like, how about once a year? Is that allowed? No. So Probably I just, not. You, I think you should. So I've never admitted and I'm not admitting right yeah, now. Yeah, correct. Either way, I'm correct. not saying either way. Insurance people. I can neither doctors confirm or deny. Yeah, even like 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 okay. Before we get off on that tangent, extended uh, relatives, shall we say, in-laws per mm-hmm. se, not my parents-in-law by right. the way, but you know, hardworking, hardworking Americans. Mm-hmm. They do hard work. They like the nicotine patch. They don't want to smoke. Well, and they don't like it's. Less it's dip. not dip. It's less missing. It's less damaging. It's also less damaging than dip. Yeah. It's, it's but it essentially them, a cleaner. Yeah. And it, it gives hit. them a little kick. It gets them going, you know, and Focuses so the mind. So I've heard. Yes. I've so I've seen it and and I've been offered it as if we're talking about drugs. I know. Right. I feel so this weird. Is, this is up until now. And hopefully, hopefully like for that. the foreseeable future. Yeah, are we is talking it, about heroin? I'm sorry. I it's, get, it's the same thing, isn't it? It's the same thing. It's just a legal product. Yeah, it's the same class um, of drugs. And Schumer wants to go after okay. Zen. Okay. Yes. So John Fetterman had something to say about that. He was asked about it. We have this clip. I'm going to err on the side of more freedom and personal choices of those kinds of things. And I made that same argument when I wanted to legalize marijuana. Like, and, you know, half more than half a million Americans die every year from smoking and t- tobacco uh, or, you know, tens and tens of thousands die from alcohol. And I think there's bigger issues to address than, than that product. So I, I don't support it and I would never in, uh, support snuff or chewing tobacco. But- the left must be wondering, who are you and what have you done with John Fetterman? Because- as, St- as Stephen Miller or Red Steez on Twitter says, he lives with us now. He's still, he, I'm sure he's a D in many ways. I would say this all the time. A lot of his positions, I'm sure, would just drive us crazy and we would strongly would disagree. However, he is driving the his own side nuts right now. And, and Also, and, just, just yeah. he's going to err on the side of more freedom and personal choice. If that I should could be get, his quote. That should be his slogan. If I could get every, more freedom and personal choices. If I know, could get so, every senator... Yeah. To live by that sentence, oh, mm-hmm. and the trade-off would be that they all wear hoodies and shorts. Yeah, 
I'll do it. It's a, I'll uh, do it. It's 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 this libertarian streak that's been. It's been. I mean, it, look. I think this is a. He's a great lesson in Twitter is not real life because yeah. activists are very angry at him. Pennsylvania is not very angry at him. No. Pennsylvania likes him. Yeah. Pen, he has he has great numbers in Pennsylvania. You know what? I I, I don't see much of Mrs. Fetterman anymore. It's. I have noticed that too. We had a switch. just saying. We had a switch in who was more available for press attention, yeah. and to me, this is the better version. A because he's the elected one, and B because he says smarter things. Look, did this I? Is... Can Can you imagine if you played this tape of me talking about Senator John Fetterman oh, to me nuts. from summer of last year? Yeah, yeah. No. Anyway, okay. He's I'd also. Say, I, I'd say, oh, I didn't know you were on Pod Save America. <laughs> yeah. He's also standing up to protesters speaking of activists that are angry at him who came to his home to yell at him i believe the chant was fetterman fetterman you can't hide you're supporting genocide, genocide i think yes, we have a little yes, bit of audio that of that fetterman fetterman you can't hide you're supporting That's their that's their left flank showing up at his house, which, by the way, don't do that just as a blanket rule. Just don't show up at people's yeah. houses. It's bad for democracy. I know these guys fancy themselves real democracy fighters, but don't do that. He stands on the roof. Oh, I didn't know his, about this. No, no, no. He stands on uh -huh. the roof of his condo complex or town hall yeah. complex, whatever it is, and waves a giant Israeli flag <laughs> at the protesters because... Wow. You know, he truly can't hide because he's like six, eight. He is a giant. Uh, he could he could really crush any one of these yeah. latte boys with a with a pinky. And he's up there just waving the flag like, no, I, I will not hide. Mm -hmm. Here I am. Man, who is this guy? No, you know, we uh, it, it's it's nice to know uh, the Democratic Party lost over the years a number of very pro-Israel defenders in the Democratic Party. And, and more recently, they were out, they were primaried out. But it's nice to know that they've gained, you know, he counts for multiple members <laughs> just is that, physically. Is that, I, I hope that that's how yeah. it works. Maybe he could have an influence on a Casey, who is the other Pennsylvania senator. All right. I want to add also just a thought about, I, I had an op-ed in, in Real Clear Politics. Do you remember AB5? Yes. In California. Okay. Oh, yes. Right. So, Gig workers. Yes. So AB5 yeah. passed in California in 2019. It's notorious among those who do freelance work, particularly in California, because many of them had their livelihoods stripped from them yeah. by this stupid bill. It's a very ill-conceived attempt at, as it always is, from the left to protect workers mm -hmm. and give them more benefits. But as a result, what always happens is that they lose their jobs. Yeah, the unintended <laughs> right? consequences. Right. It's actually sure. just a just deprives people of freedom. Uh so in in California they implemented this in 2000 or passed in 2019 and implemented in 2020. And what it did was it was so strict mm -hmm. in calling you were able to classify yourself as an independent contractor or a freelancer. The rules were so strict that it basically outlawed independent contracting work in California. They realized it was such a disaster that they scrambled to like add all these exemptions. The exemptions are now 20 times longer than the actual original of law. And of course, those exemptions are created with what? Political clout, yep. lobbying. Yep. So if you're not powerful, 
you don't get an right. exemption. If you have pull with them. Right. They'll so make exceptions. There's all these industries that are exempted. There's tons that have been hurt. I was talking to somebody about how freelance transcription services basically don't exist yeah. in California anymore. Community wow. theaters started shutting down oh. because, of course, they don't hire full-time actors right. for their plays. Well, they, they have... must and provide full coverage. No, that's the idea. Yeah. Is the left wants them to provide full health co coverage and minimum wage benefits under these laws. Yeah to anyone you employ mm -hmm. at such a strict level that you end up not being able to employ anyone unless you want to do it illegally. Mm -hmm. So even though this was such a disaster, a dumpster fire, as it was called by the activists in California who were subject to it and people have moved out of California to right. avoid it because they have to have a livelihood elsewhere, the Biden administration is um, attempting to implement the same thing through the Department of Labor. A rule they passed, which has already been passed, it is now implemented, which would enact similar requirements. Nationwide. Nationwide. They love to double down. And it will scare the bejesus out of any company that it's a attempting to yeah. employ independent contractors because the rule is 339 pages long and you have no idea how to prove Nobody knows what's that you're an independent contractor right. and that that's the correct classification for you. And if you run afoul, what will oh. happen to you? Terrible things, yeah. right? So, And you neither have the time nor the resources to handle that. Especially in this booming economy this is such a yeah, great idea a great especially post-pandemic when people need more flexible schedules when they want more flexible schedules yeah. when one of the reasons all these people work freelance work is because it gives them all these advantages this rule in a very real way is going to take away a lot of that freedom yeah. and i am mystified that they think this is a good idea yeah yet again the the road to hell is Paved. Paved with good intentions. Good intentions. Well, and and the, the truth is the intention is to yeah. unionize more workers. Right. That's what they want to do. Now, there's a study, uh, a George Mason Mercatus Center study of AB5 that finds, in fact, oh, surprise, surprise. When you raise the cost of employing yeah. people, you mm -hmm. get fewer people employed. Yeah. This this happened this happens across the board. It's like in Washington, D.C. with Initiative 82. Right. And the tipped minimum wage, which has now a lot of workers saying that they're actually earning less because people are, are, it's a less of an incentive for people to go out and pay these extra service fees that are being yep. uh, being foisted on them, and then they're tipping less. Whereas before, it was better for them, and here we are. Here we are. Yeah. But fealty to this sort of like ideological utopian idea yeah. that you're going to turn everyone into a unionized Union, yeah. wage worker right. is crazy, and it hurts people in creative classes that are their constituency. Yeah. So there's a, there's a couple efforts, by the way, to take this out. One is Kevin Kiley of California has a bill under the Congressional Review Act where they could repeal this. And then Tim Scott has a Senate bill called the Employee Rights Act that would be designed to protect workers from this yeah. kind of encroachment. But I'm a little worried about what it's doing right now. Sure. Because businesses are reading these rules and being like, we cannot afford to get crossways right. with these guys. Right. So anyway... More perks of Bidenomics is my point, and you can read that at Real Clear Politics. It's called The Independent Contractor Rule is the Latest Dumpster Fire Exported from California, <laughs> along with all of its citizens who don't want to live there. Yeah. Okay. Great state. That's, that's my column. You can read it, but you just heard me say it, so you should also read it. Still read it. And share it. She needs the clicks. <laughs> we all need the we clicks. We all need the clicks. All right. We got, we got Canada, don't we? Great white okay, big, yeah, update on Canada. We can make this quick, but uh, it, it's gratifying to see this. Sure. Remember during the trucker protests? Yes. When the Canadian government, and we were we were sort of flabbergasted <laughs> because we think of them as America Junior. Apologies, Canadians, I know. We think of them as a 
we're buddies yep. in the freedom existence kind of thing, right? And then Canada's government under Trudeau is like, oh, what we're going to do is we're going to seize people's bank accounts who are involved in a s- protest yep. against the sitting government. It's a charming authoritarianism. It was. Well, you know, you know, he's got that hair. Yeah. So it makes the authoritarianism much more cute. A Canadian judge ruled Tuesday that Prime Minister Justin Trudeau violated the country's constitution when he invoked extraordinary powers in 2022 to end a weeks-long protest in the capital against COVID-19 vaccine mandates. Federal Court of Canada ruling marks the latest setback for Trudeau's liberal government, which is struggling in public opinion polls with an election over a year away. You'll remember we introduced you to Pierre Paliel. Oh, yes. Well, I, I Pierre to add, while we're talking here, our Canadian friend and listener, Ian Brody, sent us the audio for that. He did. It is Pierre Walievre. Yeah, okay. Walievre. We got it. Thank okay. you, Ian. We're, we're going to figure it out someday. The protests in Ottawa were led by, quote, the Freedom Convoy, a group of truck drivers and tens of thousands of other individuals who said they were fed up with the social restrictions and vaccine mandates meant to contain the spread of COVID-19, which of course didn't work. Uh, the protests in the capital spawned copycat demonstrations at certain U.S.-Canada border crossings in the provinces of Alberta and Ontario and abroad, like in New Zealand. The just judge basically said, like, Look, this is, he said, this does not bear the hallmarks of reasonableness, justification, transparency, and intelligibility, and was not justified in relation to the relevant factual and legal constraints that were required to be taken into consideration. That's a nice way of saying this. This was batshit authoritarianism, yeah. but I'm glad someone said it. It's, it's, it's one tiny victory, but it's a very, it's a very, it's a very large front. Yes. You know, multiple well, there, fronts. Really. There are people and, who are yeah. civilly, I believe, going after the government sure. in Canada for mm-hmm. this, for right. the the harms done to them. But I believe in this particular ruling, there were no rewards or payments required from the federal government, so they can just do this right. and then say, "Oops, Oops. that's <laughs> uh, right, no restitution." But um, I do think it will hurt Trudeau and his yeah in his attempts in the next year or so to be reelected. Well, there's another interesting. Th- thing that's going on uh, along the same lines of uh, Canadian authoritarianism, which is what's happening with Jordan P- uh, Peterson, the clinical psychologist oh, yeah. and talker and, and, and famous speaker. He, have they ruled he can't talk anymore? Is well, that what they're doing? kind of. So, you know, he has a lot of opinions. Some you might agree with, some you might not agree with. By our standards, free to say what he wants. He, the, His problem is... One of his problems is he refuses to refer to people by pronouns other than what their biological right. sex is. Right. And that is that is a problem in so, Canada. Yes. And a so legal not, problem. Not patients, not patients, but listeners, people out there on social media started sending complaints over to the College of Psychologists in Ontario. Oh, of course. Basically saying how this offends them, affects them, triggers them and whatnot. And so then they started asking... they decided to do an investigation of Jordan Peterson. Mm-hmm. They haven't been able to nail him on it quite yet, but they basically told him, if you keep this up with these with very- the speaking. The speaking, the unkind comments, you could basically essentially lose your license uh, unless, but they said there is a solution, which is you go to our special uh, seminar training program, oh, re-educated. Could be and re-educated. that is where they are right now That's because they've reached a point where there are certain subjects- like transgenderism, mm-hmm. which it's not, it's no longer up for debate. Right. It's the sun comes up in the east and sets in the west. By the way, Abigail Schreier, who was the writer of the yeah. one of the first books on on the sort of yeah. the part of transgenderism that is a, according to research, looks like a social contagion among teenage girls. Yeah. She wrote Irreversible Damage, I Great. believe, in like 2020 or so, yeah. and it was 
verboten to discuss this at all. And yeah. she she was I want to talk about book banning. She was actually banned yeah. from Amazon. They took her book off Amazon at one point. Wild stuff. Not in not in bookstores. She has a new book coming out called Bad Therapy, which deals with professional retaliation, particularly in psychology and psychiatry fields to get people to conform to this particular and other yeah. other liberal shibboleths. But this is it's bad for therapy because you want to be able to send right. people to therapists who will be open to the idea that people believe different things from them no. so they can treat the them. The answer is no. There are now these new mm-hmm. sets of immutable truths, uh, which happen to be we each have our own. By the truth. way, in the, the trucker convoy situation, the, the judge also, I think, wisely points out that this was a policing issue. It didn't need to be a constitutional national security right. issue that you could say, look, you're being civilly disobedient. We understand what you're doing here, but there's a price to pay for it. You will be arrested for these crimes that which is, I think, the same approach you take with the folks who block the airports, the folks right. who block bridges in the U.S. Like when you do civil disobedience, you understand you're going to pay some kind of price. The price you pay should not be having your bank account frozen for your yeah. political views. I mean, that is wild. Yeah. So I'm glad they got it. Well, that's where they are that. up there, and that's what's happening. Okay. Beware. Do we need to talk about the danger that Taylor Swift poses to our nation? It's through a why don't an elaborate, you explain an elaborate what, conspiracy yes, theory. Yes, which one of our, until recently, presidential candidates has uh, just said. He's just throwing it out there. It'll be interesting to see. I believe as Vivek Ramaswamy yeah. says, this thing could happen. What is the conspiracy theory, Mary Catherine? Okay, what so I, I don't exactly follow it. I don't mind telling you because I don't yeah. think it's worth a lot of effort yes. to follow it. But what, oh, excuse me, what the deal is is that some people on the, particularly in the online right, yes. allege that the relationship between Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey of the Kansas City Chiefs, who are now going to the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. is fabricated and is fabricated in service of propping up Biden 2024 yes, at some that, point. That, that, that the Chiefs are going to win so that Taylor Swift gets to, you know, go down to the field, give him a big kiss, and then on air endorse Joe Biden is the plan. Is that the plan? Okay, look. Supposedly. And also something about the colors of the NFL colors predicting who the yeah, winners are. Yeah, but you know what? Are. It didn't work this time. It didn't work this time because the the logo is purple and red. So people were saying saying it'll be either the Chiefs and it'll be the Chiefs. The Ravens was supposed yeah. to be the other team. That didn't work out. Right. So fixing games is really hard to have so many people involved dropping yeah. the ball at the right time and catching also, or not catching. Also, if they were fixing it, Lions, uh, Kansas City Chiefs would have been oh. more watched because you've got Swifties and like yes. normies all for mm-hmm. Kansas City and you've got uh, all the underdog fans, also, which is the was, rest of the country for CBS the Lions. had her briefly, uh, you could see her on screen and you could see her mouth like, no, thank you, like, please, like, no. no I mean, she said. it's not on her that yeah. the camera's on her. Right. But anyway, there's also allegations that not only is this a psyop and it's fake, but that but that she's some sort of asset of the the Pentagon or the CIA in order to make this happen. Look, we've been lied to a lot. Okay, I understand that we don't know who to trust. Elvis. Remember, Elvis, Elvis Presley considered himself basically to be a DEA agent. Yeah, he was honorary. I would just say that, look. This relationship is beneficial to several large, very important brands, right? Mm-hmm. That's a thing. 
NFL, Taylor yeah. Swift, the two biggest brands, arguably, yeah. in yeah. the United States. Sure. But just because it is beneficial, it makes money for people, does not mean it's totally fake. And yeah. also that it is a Pentagon psyop, right? Like, yeah, that's next level, we, the, as they say. Pop culture has been doing sort of advantageous marriages of houses yeah. for many, many decades. Yeah, sure. Think old Hollywood studio. Yeah. Studio. Of course. Sort of fluffed right. up matchmaking uh, even romantic if, even connections if the, right one of their orientations might not even be correct that kind of thing has been mm. happening for a long time you can argue like that this looks like one of those things to you if i look i'm rooting for him i think i think it'd be great if she settled down with a with a golden retriever yeah, of a like, manly football player he's a man who has no he, emo he, feelings no, hardly no, at he's all he's not one of these slender Guys, you ever see like the the European no, that, fits that man is narrow, not slender. These narrow figures now yes. they can wear these Burberry outfits. They're very narrow chested people. He's Burberry outfits. No, he's Burberry. You know, you look at these European cut suits. Yes, that's right, Jennifer. The the Burberry outfits and they're like really narrow. I'm like, I'm not wearing that. Mm -hmm. And so you know, he's he's got a his neck size is probably mine. <laughs> Seven and a half, seventeen and a half, maybe eighteen, probably. At any rate, I would like to say, stop being weird. Yeah, can, like stop being. Stop being weird. Okay. By the way, by the way, can I also say the Super Bowl is like the Super Bowl and T Taylor Swift may be the two cultural touchstones that we have in this country anymore that actually al almost everyone either knows about or participates yeah. in. And I would suggest that that's because a lot of people like those things. Yeah. And I would also suggest that even in its moments of wokeism or whatever, you know, I was not a huge fan of all the mm -hmm. anthem protesting and that whole thing. Even in those moments, the NFL is a place and football is a place where aggression, like sort of combat, meritocracy, strength, all these things are honored. Yeah. And it's like the most popular thing on TV by huge long shots. Yeah. That might be a cultural win for the right that they should embrace instead of alleging insanity. Just act normal. Host a Super Bowl party. Yeah. This ain't winning votes. No. Trump's going to be talking about this, isn't he? And by the way, they may endorse Biden, but that's because she's a 30-something liberal woman. Yeah. <laughs> the the idea that she was going to, what, endorse Trump? I got to say, the Kelsey family doesn't read left of center. Yeah. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, no, no. On the other hand. <laughs> okay. I, I have a listener call out Mary Catherine. Okay. Which is... Uh, that, that, First of all, people really enjoyed our brief discussion, teaser discussion about music videos, sending us all sorts we of ideas. We got to do an app. We an will, app. because I, I I already know what my number one video of all time is, and I'm going to save that. Ooh, save I'm going to save it, and it, you're going to be you're going to be so surprised. Actually, probably not. But one of our listeners, uh, Jeremy Sanderowitz. It's White Snake with Tonto. No, Tony even better. Okay. You're not going to. It's so. It just. It'll blow okay, your mind. Right. It'll blow your Put mind. Put a pin in it. Anyway, Jeremy sends us a link to this amazingly talented and charming, translation hot, drummer named Domino Sant'Antonio. And she is a, she's a, just an extremely talented drummer playing okay. any, you give her any rock song, any pop song, she's into it. And she'll figure it stuff. out. I found myself ensnared. Thank you. <clears throat> that wraps up this episode of Getting Hammered. Beautiful. Remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, and YouTube, and you can follow me on Twitter at Victorina Mattis. I'm at MK Hammer on Twitter at MK Hammer Time on Instagram, still dressing up like a fool, so you can check that out there throughout the Super Bowl. 
Maybe I'm a psyop. Has anyone ever thought of that with my several thousand followers? Thank you for getting hammered responsibly. Oh, and read me on Real Clear Politics. This has been a Nebulous Media Podcast. Okay.